Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode 28 of the Website Coach Podcast. This week, I'm talking about the best and worst investments I have made in my business. And this week's episode is pretty personal. I'm pulling back the curtain, as it were, on my business. Because over the years, I have invested a lot of money in my business beyond the kitchen table. I've invested thousands of pounds. I've made investments in courses, memberships, workshops, software, and in outsourcing. I've invested to improve my skills as a website designer and I've invested to improve my marketing. And I've done all of this investment with one aim, which is to grow my business. None of us know everything. There are always things other people will be better at than you. Learning from them or getting help from them is the right thing to do. And It's very personal because some of these investments have been really worthwhile and others, a waste of money. Want to know more? (laughs) Well, before I talk about the actual investments, there are a couple of points I want you to note. First of all, it's difficult. Well, it's impossible actually to measure the precise return on any investment in your business. Because when you get a client or earn any kind of revenue, it's very rare to be able to attribute it to a single investment. Was it that course on Instagram? The branding photography you invested in? Or was it outsourcing the writing to a copywriter that brought in that client? And the chances are it was a combination of different investments. Secondly, not all investments will give a return. But you should learn something from all investments, even the ones that you think were a total waste of money. And it might just be not to invest in that kind of thing again. And that's fine as long as you learn from it. And the third reason, which I've already talked about a little, is that your business will not grow if you don't invest. I very firmly believe this. And it's the reason I continue to invest in my business. I'm not always gonna get it right. But there are always new things to learn, things which work now, things you can learn from your peers, all those in completely different industries. So let's talk about some of the investments I have made. And I'm not going to name names here. (laughs) Some of you might be able to guess what some of the programs or memberships, etc. are that I'm talking about, especially if you've been in them with me or continue to be in them with me. But I'm going to talk about the kind of investments I've made. So the first is large name programs. So when a large name coach, so somebody who is well known within the industry, is launching a program, they go all in. You see ads for their program everywhere or ads for the kind of service that they're offering. You see people talking about it. They're on podcasts. Maybe there's a challenge or a sneak peek of some modules And there are always, always testimonials from past clients who've made money. People like you and me who have transformed their business and their life 
by investing in this programme. And these stories are very powerful. The programme might well be promoted by an army of affiliates, and there are almost always lots of bonuses. And the bonuses themselves are worth <laughs> more than the investment in the programme. Yet that group coaching call with hundreds of people on it is really worth $797. Come on. I mean, sometimes I really think that they think we're stupid. But it takes a lot of willpower to resist some of these big name programs. They know how to market a program. That's their skill. They lure you in. And yes, I fell for one of them. In my defense, <laughs> it was teaching me how to design and sell a service I was interested in offering. I wanted to stop trading time for money, as they say. And it was with a coach I had some experience of. And there was at least one bonus, which was offered by an affiliate, and it was a workshop led by another coach, that I was willing to pay for just on its own. So what did I find? Well, the content in the program was actually pretty comprehensive. And it took you through the material in a logical way. Some of the modules were excellent and were completely new to me, or mainly new to me. Others I'd heard before, maybe from somebody else or from that person themselves, or I'd heard them in a slightly different format. However, these programs are not tailored to you or your business. There were hundreds of people taking this program. They were all at different stages of their business with different kinds of products and services. And it's very difficult to teach or, or to sell anything to a very wide range of people with different needs. And I struggled with tailoring it to my business, and I know I'm not the only one. And when I hit blocks, which of course you do, the support was naturally very limited. Large group programs don't come with a lot of support. You're one of hundreds, and so when there are group coaching calls, even if you ask a question and it gets answered, that support is not going to be tailored to you. You can usually ask questions in Facebook groups as well. And again, you will usually get answers, but they don't know you and they don't know your audience and they don't know your kind of business. And therefore, the answers aren't tailored to you. Now, the affiliate I purchased through had a smaller group, which was really helpful. And that gave some support. But even then, I really needed to sit down with somebody much closer on a one-on-one -on -one basis, if you like, to help me work through it all and decide how to apply it to my business. And when I launched a course as a result, it didn't go as well as I had been led to believe. <laughs> it wasn't the no-brainer for my audience that I'd been told it would be. And truthfully, it was much, much harder work to get people interested than I expected. Now, it worked fine as a live launch. I didn't get my full investment back from that. But on an evergreen basis, it just didn't work at all. Now, that doesn't mean to say it was a failed investment. There were several things I learned in that large program that were really useful and which I've applied to other parts of my business. What else? Well, there were a couple of live events as part of the course. This was pre-COVID. One was the workshop with the affiliate that I bought through, which was really good. It lived up to its expectations completely. Another was a big event with some good speakers. And 
to be honest, there was one person, one speaker who should not have been on stage. Um, that's another story. <laughs> you ever buy me a drink, um, then I will tell you that story. And the final live event was a small event to say sorry for a cock-up that they made. Because I purchased very early on and I was given a specific bonus which didn't get delivered on. And the reason for that was they decided to open that bonus up to everybody and they just couldn't actually service that. So they did a small event for those who didn't get the bonus that they had been promised. And actually that small event was incredibly good. And actually all of those events, I would say, were better than the programme itself. So would I buy or recommend you buy a large-scale programme run by one of the well-known coaches again? Well, I'd be very cautious, to be honest. The content can be very good, but the large-scale nature of it means you can easily get lost. And they are expensive, partly because they give half of their revenue or something like that to the affiliates who promote the the programme for them. And I think there are better investments. A smaller group programme with someone who can give more tailored feedback is definitely better. So the next kind of investment I have made is in large memberships. And I've been in four large-ish scale memberships over the years, run by four different coaches. They might not necessarily class themselves as coaches, but for this purpose, I'm going to call them coaches. And I've also been in some local networking stroke memberships and smaller memberships related to my industry, which I'm going to come on to later. And my experience of the large-ish memberships has been very varied. Two of them were incredibly good. They gave me the kind of training, support and help with implementation I needed at that time. One of them had quarterly in-person days, which was, of course, pre-COVID. And they were particularly good for meeting other entrepreneurs. And I made some good friends through that. But the issue with both of these memberships was that the coach themselves changed the focus of their business and of course that's what people do and therefore the focus of the membership changed after a while and they just no longer suited what I needed so I left. Another was, so a third one, at the time dominated by people in a particular industry and I found the constant industry rants and indeed requests, now these were coming from other members, they weren't coming from the coach leading the membership but I found them tiresome. And the reality is one of the other memberships I've just talked about, I was in at the time, and it was just better. Once I left those memberships, I was tempted to rejoin this third membership. But I'm a bit unsure about the coach now, to be honest. They really, really know their stuff from a business perspective. But I don't like the way they twist their story. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And I doubt I will invest in any of their programs again as a result. Values do matter. However, this membership in particular did give me a client directly. And that client, so I would not have got that client if I had not been in that membership. That was the only thing we had in common. And that client has referred me to others who've referred me to others. So I've actually got several clients from it. It gave me a pretty good rate of return on that investment. The final membership I'd been in was, to be honest, completely hyped up and a waste of an investment for me. I've invested in other things with this coach and they've been good, but I found the membership just didn't give me the training or support I needed. 
others raved about it, did not work for me. Now, the benefit of memberships is their price. Many don't require any commitment, so you can try them out and then leave if they don't work out. Some of them have access to a vault of training materials that can be really useful. And while they can be a good source of clients, bearing in mind from those four groups I've been in, I only got one single client directly from those groups, and that's been over a period of about four years, because I found I didn't really benefit from this. They're big groups, and it's difficult to get to know people properly. And there are usually other website designers in there, and you will probably find the same with your business. And also, some of them tend to be more favoured. <laughs> so the coach leading one of these groups said publicly she wouldn't trust a website designer charging less than £3,000. I charge significantly less than £3,000. I don't think you need to pay £3,000. I left that group pretty quickly. And I doubt I join a large membership, so one with more than 100 members again, unless I wanted a low-cost way of working with somebody that I was going to then work with again, paying more, and I just wanted to test them out. And if I wanted a nosy at their training resources, you know, we all like to find out what other people are doing. So the third kind of investment I've made is in smaller group programs. Now, I've only ever invested in one smaller group program, smaller group program being sort of 10 to 20 people. And it wasn't a great investment for me. And there were two key reasons. The first, it didn't deliver what I thought it was going to deliver. I thought I was signing up for help with developing and launching a particular new service, a group program. But this focused on other ways of generating first. And whilst it did cover a group program, it was at the end and it was a very small part. And clearly I should have asked more questions before I signed up. So that was my fault. Secondly, I knew when I joined that I would miss a couple of weeks. And this definitely impacted my progress. It just came at the wrong time for me. And of course, the issue with group programs being that they happen at set times of the year. Now, it wasn't a complete disaster. I did move my own ideas forward a bit through this program. And it gave me cause to think a lot more about my business model. With you know, many of the group members in there being my target audience. When you are in a small group, it's important that you get on and that you understand each other. I got some really helpful feedback from many people in the group, and that was invaluable. And also from the coach leading the group. But talking to my own clients directly has been more helpful. And sometimes what they said conflicted with the information I got from the group. And I actually found one member of the group pretty annoying. <laughs> Shh. However, as a model, a small group program is one that I could see working for me. I like the feedback, the challenge, and the closeness of being in a smaller group. I can definitely see the benefits in receiving tailored advice and support from both the person leading the group, the coach, and the group members. And therefore, I would invest in a small group program again. I just chose the wrong one. So another investment I have made is in smaller or niche memberships. I'm in two local women in business memberships. And I'm also in two 
international groups for website designers or general designers. Those two are both US-based. Talking about the local women in business memberships first, and I love both of them that I'm in. I like being part of a small, supportive gang, if you like. Both these groups meet in person. Pre-COVID, this was at least monthly, and we're sort of getting back there now. And they offer some training too. Now, not all of the training appeals to me. And on a cold, wet winter evening, it can be challenging, shall we say, to to motivate myself to go out to them. But they are definitely worthwhile. And the other thing is, in those small groups, I have found clients. I found clients in both those groups. And I do think they've been excellent investments. And the elements I particularly like are the size. Both of them are less than 50 women, so you can really get to know each other. And the in-person meetups really does feel like a supportive group. The memberships which I'm in, which are focused on website designers, one of them is focused on general designers, have also been great investments. The general designer one is probably more akin to a group programme. It has quite a lot of training in there. And I found some really helpful advice on running my business, especially in respect of marketing and onboarding clients. And I really feel as if my business is up-leveled as a result of being in that. And that's actually the coach leading it, who is herself a website designer, rather than probably the other people within the group. The other one's a bit more techie. It's a website designer stroke developer group. But I've also found it useful for my processes. And I'm hoping to find like-minded website designers that I can collaborate with as my business grows. I don't really use either of these groups for networking as such, but I find them both very helpful for up-leveling my business and finding out what's working for other people in my industry. And of course, I try to help others too. It's very much a collaborative process because I see these people as my peers, not my competition. Another kind of investment I've made has been in online courses. I've bought a number of online courses that you work through at your own pace. And with the exception of a bundle that I bought in aid of Ukraine, these have all been investments in areas I want to improve my skills in. So I bought courses on website design, as you would expect, graphic design, so things like fonts and colours, website building, website maintenance, SEO, marketing, etc. And like most people taking any go-at-your-own-pace course, I don't think I have actually completed any of them. However, they have definitely helped me. Sometimes they've just boosted my confidence because, especially in the case of SEO, they've told me that I was doing it right before. People quite like to complicate SEO, overcomplicate SEO. And sometimes, particularly on the graphic design course, for example, I've really learned new things, things which have helped me with my business. Now, the challenge with go at your own pace courses is it can be difficult to prioritise these courses when there is so much to do in your business. But the benefit is they're a lower cost way of accessing training. And while it's not a priority for me at the moment, if I have gaps in my knowledge that I want to fill, I'd certainly invest in online courses again. 
The next kind of investment I've made, I told you there are a lot, <laughs> is workshops. Pre-COVID this is, of course, I invested in some in-person small group trainings. And in fact, I've actually run one myself. And I love being with a small group of people in a live training where the person leading can really help you by giving real-time feedback. Sometimes these workshops have been about things I already knew or have had training from the same coach on before. That training might have been online in a large group, for example. But I still got the value from the in-person element and the personal feedback. And obviously, if you're in a group of, I don't know, say 12, then you're only getting a small amount of in-person feedback, but you're still getting some. Now, I have found there's usually one person in a workshop who tries to dominate. <laughs> and if I can't find one, I certainly worry that it's me. And you need to choose the coach and the topic carefully. But it's a model I really like. And I definitely plan to seek out more trainings like this in future. And following on from those workshops, I've also invested in some one-to-one -one work with the coaches. I've done that twice. These are expensive. And I have found them beneficial. But the key is definitely to find the person who understands your target audience to get the most out of them. So in both those cases, I had come across those coaches in a bigger group before, and then I'd gone on to workshops with them, and then I worked one-to-one. -one. And in both cases, I just had one-off one-to-one, but I would work with them again in future. Next investment is in outsourcing. And I've had very mixed success with outsourcing. I've outsourced graphic design, copywriting, tech support, website design and building, Facebook ads, that was some time ago, branding photography, social media, and indeed my podcast notes. When it's worked, it's been amazing, freeing up time and headspace. When it hasn't, it's cost me time as well as money and it's frustrated me. So why hasn't it worked sometimes? Well, I've tried to go for cheap. And the result is they've either been unreliable, difficult to get hold of. What I've asked them to do is come in late. There's been a poor attention to detail and or it's been poor quality. It hasn't worked because they haven't been as good at what they do as expected. And I have hired some experts, but found that I actually knew more than them about that particular subject. Sometimes it's not worked because I have not communicated as well as I could. And I'm also sad to say, <laughs> slightly embarrassed, that sometimes I've outsourced things that I really don't mind doing, and I resent paying the money for it. When has it worked? Well, it's worked when I've hired people who really know what they're doing. People who can be left to get on with it with minimal input from me. And when I've hired for things I don't want to do, that I don't enjoy doing. To some extent, you get what you pay for. But I have also hired expensive and qualified people who just haven't worked out either. And I definitely plan to outsource more. In fact, in 2022, that really is one of my top priorities. But I will think carefully what I outsource and who I outsource to. The final kind of investment I'm going to talk about, which is very brief, is software or tools. 
Like many website designers and developers, I've got a bit of an addiction to buying software. Software that I think is going to make a big difference to running my business. I'm a bit like, I don't know, a makeup artist who can't stop buying foundations and brushes. Or somebody who works with fabric who's got a massive collection because every time they see nice fabric, they just can't stop buying it. And the conclusion of my purchases of software and tools, and I think I'll talk about this on another episode in future, is that there's no silver bullet. There is no perfect tool. You have to choose the one that looks the best for what you want, invest the time in understanding what it can do, and just making it work as best you can for you. And I can tell you that's an awful lot easier said than done. (laughs) I will talk about that on another episode. So to wrap up, I've talked about lots of different investments that I have made, from group programs to memberships to outsourcing. And out of all of the investments I have made in my business, I have concluded that it isn't necessarily a case of the more you pay, the better the result. I don't plan to invest in any more big name, large group programs. You can remind me of that statement if I ever do, if you ever see me in one of those. But I prefer to get the tailored advice and attention of a main coach in a smaller group. But picking the right coach and the right program, running at the right time, can certainly be more challenging. But even better, I think, is to work with a single person or their team and outsource work. And I definitely plan to do more of this in 2022. And I won't choose based on price or price alone, but I will choose the person I think can help me the best. I'll choose the person or the team who understands me, my business and my target audience. And of course, they're going to need to be within the kind of budget that I'm willing to pay. I don't have hundreds of thousands of pounds. And I'll continue to be an active member of the smaller memberships I'm in. But I'm not currently seeking out any larger memberships. Although if I come across somebody who runs a large membership that I'm interested in working with on a one-to-one basis, for example, I might try it out. And I will definitely try to find more in-person events. I've missed those so much more than I'd realised. What are you planning investing in in 2022? Send me a DM on Instagram, I'm at beyondthekt, or send me an email at sayhello at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk. And of course, if you're planning on investing in a new website in 2022, then definitely drop me a line. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business, or scaling it. And see you next week.